This is an ABC podcast. Welcome to Off Track. I'm Dr. Ann Jones, and welcome to World Listening Day, the 19th of June, 2021. And I think listening is a really beautiful, rich frame in order to try and understand ourselves. I mean, I think in order to listen, you really need to still your body and still your mind. So it's quite a physical activity. You can't be yabbering away and chatting and running and doing lots of things. You, you, you have to kind of get into a particular space. The other thing I really like about listening is you can't listen aggressively. It's sort of more about being open and receptive to ideas and sort of letting go of yourself a bit. And and these are all like things I think that we need to do in order to fully understand climate change and its impacts and, and think about how we're going to respond. That's Kyla Brettel, and we'll hear more from her later, as well as listening along with one of Australia's most experienced listeners, actually, nature recordist Andrew Skiok. But for now, Glenn White has sent in this recording from Aranda Country, Alice Springs in the Northern Territory. There's no mistaking the calls of the pied butcher bird, whose purity of frequency can sometimes make your ears wobble. The Off-Track inbox is always open for sounds that you hear and record. The email address is offtrack at abc.net.au. And April Youngberry sent in this recording from Jungadi Country, Enmore Gorge, near Armadale in northern New South Wales. This is a rufous whistler giving a gorgeous performance. Leslie Burrett wrote in with this recording of a shrike thrush. She writes, This was recorded on our farm near Kempsey, New South Wales. We noticed the thrushes in our rainforest garden had discovered the car side mirrors to sing to. So I thought we could put up some small pieces of broken mirror and a little stand closer to the house. It didn't take long for them to find it. We watch a performance from bed early every morning. Leslie, it's likely that the thrush here are actually being territorial to their own reflection. It's telling the mirror image possibly to get away or possibly to come even closer if it's thinking that it's good looking. (coughs) 
Gail Davis sent us this one, an incredible recording of a mammal that I've never heard before. Gail wrote... While driving through the Italian mountains in September 2018, we heard what we later realised were a number of Moriscan bears communicating with each other across a heavily wooded valley. Still on the road, Kate Levy sent in this recording after a trip to Antarctica. <laughs> These are, she thinks, chinstrap penguins. Bronwyn Scott was lucky to record this bird. She went out birdwatching with Andrew Stafford and he actually found this one. It's a fern wren, only found in the highlands of northeast Queensland and more often heard than seen. An unmistakable call. And sticking to Queensland, though, at a lower altitude, and this time in a cemetery, Jacqueline Schneider found a whole heap of rowdy, huge green tree frogs at the South Brisbane Cemetery in the rain. Froggy theme and much further south in Castlemaine, Victoria, Laurie Connell recorded this big chorus of frogs at the stormwater pond at the local school. And it's in that same area of Victoria, in and around Castlemaine, that our next guests hail from. Hi, my name is Kyla Brettel. I'm calling in from Jajawarong country in central Victoria and I'm a co-producer of Endgame. And hello, my name is Rob Law. I also live in Jajawarong country in Campbell's Creek, just outside of Castlemaine in central Victoria. Kyla and Rob are producing a podcast called Endgame, which is all about recording the sounds of climate change in their local area, central Victoria. This sort of part of the world, it's very dry and scraggly bush. We've had a sort of a landscape that's been very disturbed by the, the gold rush. And so it's sort of a, you know, in some sense, it's a recovering landscape. We're both locals of Castlemaine, or we live on the edges of Castlemaine on different creeks. Yeah, well, actually, your creek leads into my creek. You live with these creeks, but you don't really understand where you are in the overall scheme of the river systems. Sometimes we see them and sometimes they don't. Sometimes they come dangerously close. And it's that local connection to landscape that has, in part, driven these two to start their audio project. 
for me, it started, I was, I was working, I was just blogging about climate change and feeling very concerned. And I went on local radio. And then after I went on local radio, I got a call from Rob who said, why don't we do a podcast? Yeah, I think we were sort of both in and out of the local communities process to try and declare a climate emergency. And so we'd sort of crossed paths a little bit through that time and, and the community campaign ultimately led to the council declaring a climate emergency. But I think during that time, yeah, I just was really interested in exploring some of the other aspects of climate change that probably aren't talked about as much and, and they're more personal and more emotional and they're less fact-based, I suppose. And I think too that we also discovered along the way that we both had a really quite a deep interest in sound and listening. We also that 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 interest in both our local stories but also kind of the emotional, difficult side of dealing with climate change because the problem is obviously not about the science. The problem is much deeper than that. It's, it's so much more about, you know, us and what's going on in our heads and also the systems with which, in which we live and that we've set up. So I think we kind of we came together along those lines of, of climate change and music and sound. Kyla and Rob were pretty lucky in a way, I think, because within their local area lives the president of the Australian Wildlife Sound Recording Group and one of the most experienced natural sound recordists in the country, Andrew Skiok. Such a fantastic discovery to realise there was this man on the edge of town out in the bush in a place called Strangways who was this um, yeah, really well-renowned bioacoustic recorder or researcher who spent many, many years creating albums of, of natural soundscapes. And so this this piece that we created was really uh, a really nice couple of hours spent out with Andrew on his block of land out in Strangways. And yeah, just sort of being able to tap into his wisdom about how to really listen in to the landscape. So here's a piece from Kyla and Rob called When You Know A Place, and it features the recordings and voice of Andrew Skiok. And it does feature a little bit of adult language. So listen with caution. If you stand back and you just listen to try and understand, there's value in doing that, but... I think you need to balance that with a more emotional sense of allowing yourself to feel and respond and be influenced by what you hear. When you start listening like that, as if you were listening to a friend talking to you, what have you you got to say to me? You go away from your listening in some way changed. Then your whole engagement with nature becomes a rich and deepening, opening experience. Over time, or is it already? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, this your, is uh, your animal track. Yeah, this is every day I come for a walk down here and say hello to the world. 
So you've, you've obviously been spending a lot of time... Well, I'm assuming Andrew Skiok lives a few kilometres away from Rob and I in central Victoria on Jajawarong country, Australia. He's a deep listener and has been sound recording natural landscapes for 30 years. We were interested in what he could tell us about hearing the impact of climate change unfold and of his work inviting others to listen. I think our recording work, when we first started doing that, we felt as though it was an invitation to listen, that we would bring back sounds for people to hear in, you know, when they're sitting at home. And, but in recent years, I've been more interested to go out and talk to people about how to start listening into to the landscape and sort of thinking that through myself. How do I do this? How do, what, what am I thinking of when I'm going out and listening? So, you know, at the moment, we've got weebills, yellow-faced honeyeater, galah, pardalote. The nice sweet one over the there. The chick-up chick chick is the uh, yellow-faced honeyeater. So, uh, you know, the first thing really is to, is to just identify what you're hearing. Often there's a fairy wren. So getting used to all of that different palette of sounds in the landscape, thinking about that. I think these galahs are actually nesting in this tree down here. And then thinking about what a bird is communicating with a particular sound. Is it a, a family contacting call? Is it an alarm call? Is it a home range call? And so on. And then how birds that have a, an evolutionary kinship with each other, how do they use similar strategies of using sound? So this, you start thinking about things like that. And for a long time, that was kind of how I understood it, you know, in terms of species and biology and so on. And then, I don't know what it was, but just one day I suddenly realised, hang on a sec, I'm not just hearing sound, I'm actually hearing another mind in the world. I'm hearing a living creature. I'm, I'm hearing its, its sentience, its consciousness. I thought, I'm actually, that's what I'm hearing. I, I hear it as a, a negotiation between individuals and species over their presence in the world and, and how they live and where they live and an acknowledgement. And there's, there's kind of a cultural layer to it that, oh yeah, we're a community. You know, you're my neighbour and... Everyone's got their patch and we're all comfortable with each other. We all sing the same song and we respect each other and don't try and sing over the top of each other. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, when you start hearing it and, and thinking of it in those terms, it's amazing, the organisation. Good lesson for all of us. Well, I think so. Does the podcast, does it have a... Um, are you looking for a specific focus in the podcast or is it more just what people bring to it? Yeah, well, we've been having this discussion a lot in the last couple of weeks <laughs> about, you know, how much it's bubbling to the surface. But the original thing we were trying to track was the show's response to the climate emergency. But I suppose no. it's probably less about the, the projects and the actions and the things that happen. It's more about how people... I'm coming to terms with that idea in their own way, mm. or not. 
it's a confronting thing to look down the barrel of, I suppose. So, yeah, we're going through such a, a time of cultural change. This last 12 months in particular have thrown up a lot of things that, uh, you know, around the world, that the old ways of doing things are being revealed and uh, people are starting to think about them, possibly how to do things differently. Yeah, I agree. To be honest, I think that the climate change issue is going to be more catastrophic events than uh, long-term subtle changes. It's going to be the, those big events like the fires last year that really changed the landscape irredeemably. You don't need any data for that. Yeah, sure. Well, now to the bushfire crisis in East Gippsland and the Alpine region tonight. There are. Have you ever tried to go into sort of before and after landscapes much, or it's sort of too depressing? <laughs> well. Yeah. Um, Been labelled the I, worst fire I'm, season ever recorded. I have recorded in places in East Gippsland quite extensively. As some of our earliest recording was done there. Look, I, I'm, when you know a place and you love a place and, and you can almost smell the air, particularly when you listen back to recordings, I remember being there that morning, what it felt like. I know those places intimately and uh, we were just watching the fires late last year and the data on the chain. All the way to the central coast, nine blazes reached emergency warning level today. Fucking just fucking fuck the houses, man. An apocalypse, a nightmare, and like looking into the gates of hell. Get into the water, it's chaos. The fire fronts were just going right through that country and it was just heartbreaking. I don't... I, and to know that that place is no longer there, uh, you know, it's just... I, I couldn't... I don't think I'd have it in me just to go back and document, yeah. you know, a, a silent landscape and that's, that's what it is now. Something will come back, um, but how long and what comes back, I don't know. But I have a suspicion that some of those recordings that we got in the early 90s 
there'll be habitats that will never come back the way that we experienced them. And that's really the tragedy of, um, of our impact on the, the biosphere. Because it doesn't need to happen that way. We're not living very well with the planet. We, we are having a very heavy impact on it. And we need to move beyond that human bubble, that, that kind of the anthrosphere, I call it. We need to be inspired by something beyond the human. And to me, listening to natural systems is... Yeah, nature will talk to you. It'll tell you things. Mm. It's just decoding what you're hearing. It takes a little while. I love the way that he almost seems to melt away once he gets into the, the, the wild environments. Yeah, he becomes the listener. And then the things that he sees within that space or the ways that he understands that space and, and takes it on, I found it really quite inspiring. One of the, the great things about sound is that you can actually hear a system and you can hear multiple things happening at once in the, same, in the way that you can't really with other, other senses. So I think sort of getting a sense of that from being out there with him and learning from him was one of the one of the joys of making this. And his his work is just so beautiful to listen to and to think of all the sounds and all the lives behind those sounds and how they all fit in together so beautifully. Yeah, I love I love just how with a few words he's able to open up that box of this whole other world that 
we walk amongst and we spend so much time around, but so often we don't really hear or we don't, we're not really aware of all this other life going on. And, you know, it's, it's, it's humbling to um, be led into that world. Kyla and Rob are working on their project called Endgame. The best place that people can go is just to go to our website, which is endgamepodcast.net, and there you'll see a story site and some bit about us, and you'll be able to listen to all our shows. And Andrew Skiok can be found at listeningearth.com. I'm Ann Jones, and this is Off Track, where you can listen to nature every single week. And remember to keep your ear to the ground for the next episode, because that's when I'll take you somewhere else. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.